0: Hello and welcome back to the JM Property Podcast. I'm Nishani.
1: And I'm Jonathan.
0: And this week we're going to keep it short and simple um, and explore the topic of why property education is important. But before we dive in, let's talk about what we did this week. So Jonathan, on to you.
1: Yeah, so this week we spoke to our second mentor. We're still looking for mentors at the moment and we spoke to our second mentor, and we had a first call with him and he gave us how it's going to work and what the times are and what the quotes are and what he offers and what he expects from us. So, and if he's like we kind of got on with him. You think, is you this correct?
0: Yeah, we got on with him very well, actually.
1: Yeah. So that's the important thing. So one thing we, we really look for is someone who has expertise in the area we want to be in. And... Someone who we get on with in general. So that's that's two important things we're looking for. And he seems to have that. And we have another call with him. Next week. Early next week. And then we'll decide. How to go forward with that.
0: Yeah definitely. He's a very very friendly chap. So I'm very glad. That we had that initial call with him. So we will talk about. Why is education important? Property education. So. We have to have the knowledge before you execute. And that's with anything. So if you want to do anything at all, having the knowledge, basic knowledge is important. So it would give us the basics of running the business in the first place, um, in terms of learning about how to market it, the property market, and where to start helps us guide into the property industry. So I'm still trying to get to to know it at the moment. I'm still learning every day.
1: Yeah, so one thing I looked at was the... Dunning-Kruger effect curve. You can Google it and look it up. So in that curve, what it suggests is it's a curve that compares knowledge and shows the distinguish between knowledge and confidence. So for example, if you're starting something at the beginning, you might think, like anyone might think, they know everything, and then that means the confidence is super high. So for example, in property, when you think, yeah, let me just get a bite led and I get make make money from that. So you just chuck a lot of money into a property, and then you think you get money back, but the time it takes to get your investment back might be quite a long time. So at the start, you may think you know everything, but as you gain more and more knowledge, then you your confidence goes down because then you actually understand what you don't know. So the more you learn, the more you understand. Like the lack of. Um, Thing you have in it. Mm. Yes, the more you learn, the more you understand that there's more to learn. That's what it is. Yeah. So I would look the Dunning-Kruger effect curve. Mm-hmm. And then you can see that knowledge is very important because at the start, someone may be naive. And when they gain more knowledge, they understand how to go forward from that. And then actually gain, gain the knowledge they require to be successful in that field
0: yeah and I feel like you're right education is very underrated and a lot of people just want to put all their eggs in one basket before before actually getting to know what it's about and what you need you know so I feel like that's why education is just so important before you dive into anything as I said so yeah I think we should talk about what we did in terms of education and when we did it so when did you first ...you know, get into property education and what did you do, Johnny, Jonathan?
1: Why are you saying my name <laughs> wrong, man?
0: Okay, so what did we do and how did you get into property education, Jonathan?
1: Yeah, so I t- I went to a property course a couple of years ago... ...and the main reason I went there is to learn about property... ...and because like knowledge is everywhere, you can literally Google it... ...and go through Google and learn a lot of knowledges... ...but from different different sources... And some sources might contradict the other one. So I thought, let me just go to one place, gain the knowledge from that one place. So it's all linear and it's all consistent with what they're saying. So I thought well, that's the main reason I'm a to property course, to understand how things work and to understand the systems and to understand how to get into property and how to do rent to rent, Like, specifically for me, how to do the rent-to-rent. And also being compliant and not breaking any laws by doing your rent because that's one of the most important things. Because if things go wrong, that's when you're like you're proper and in, 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 in trouble, yeah, in trouble, yeah. Mm. So you don't want to be you don't want to be in that position. So I just so I pay a small fee to gain this knowledge, and in the end, it's worth it for me because from that I gained quite a lot of contacts and started networking as well and from then you once you meet one person you meet like a, a range of pe- um, people you a lot of people after that mm. so i think that was useful for myself because because that course it was like a tangent for me to learn and meet all these people from mm. that course so for me i would recommend like if you have the money and the time and the, the intention of doing it then i would go to a course but right now, there's a lot of other education as well. So you can listen to podcasts, like for example, our podcast or like other different podcasts to gain knowledge that way. So, but that might take longer. That's the thing as well. That's the difference. So if, if you go to a course, it can be a three day intense course and you learn everything in that three days. But if you go into podcast, getting knowledge through people, then that might take a longer time. So there's you gotta you gotta pick and choose what you what you is good for you.
0: So how long did you do this course for?
1: Yeah, this was a three-day intense course. Okay. So it was Friday, mm. Saturday and Sunday. So it was a long weekend. And by the third day, my head was fried <laughs> and I had to come, come back home for a week and just relax. Damn. And then look at the notes again just to understand what she learned. Yeah, so, and refresh
0: your mind as well.
1: And I learned a lot of stuff from that course and I met a lot of people through that course and from that group as well. So it was good for me. Yeah, so All opened up a lot. Investment.
0: Of, opened up a lot of opportunities then.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: That's good, yeah. And you know, like you said, you you did this course in three days and it took me ages to learn this because Jonathan then taught me the course last year during the pandemic. And yes. it took how long did we do it for?
1: I don't know. <clears throat> I had I had this folder from the course and then she saw it and she goes, Oh, you're doing property as well. And <laughs> no, not you're doing not doing property as well. Doing property, I want to do it too. So that's when she—that's how she got to property, just seeing that folder and seeing what I'm doing. And obviously, our goals in the long term is similar. So we just thought this partnership—that's—that's that's a different story. But that's how she got to property and made this JN. Otherwise, it would have been J properties. All right, all right. You um, right. <laughs> saying. but I did. We did because I had the three days was given because the course leader can teach the only three days for them, but. Mm. We had more time during the lockdown, first lockdown, back last year. And we had, we just went into more detail, detail every day. And it took like a few weeks. but Yeah. She did learn a lot of stuff. And I do, we do go back and revise and have like a exam. <laughs> and she has to pass to go to the next section.
0: Go refresh your course.
1: Yeah, so it's good. She still remembers the keywords and yeah stuff like that.
0: definitely like i made notes on my laptop and had that there so obviously if we need to go back to it or learn something again or relearn anything we can just easily go back onto that yes so yeah i learned we learned quite a lot we learned about rent to rent and how it's the strategy is the fact that you make guaranteed rent deal to the landlord and so you're the property manager you're maintaining and managing the property so we learned things about Huh?
1: And the tenants.
0: And the tenants, obviously, yeah. That's the whole that's what comes in with property management, doesn't a rent it? The
1: rent rent is providing a guaranteed income, guaranteed rent to the landlord for a fixed period of time. It can be one year maybe. That's like too short. That could be a test, but normally it's typically between three and five years. Hmm. And then from that when you take the property on when you take the property on, you can do SA or HMO with it. Depending on the size of the property and depending on the area. But that's how you get money and then the difference is yours. That's what rent-to-rent is.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so we learned about the types of rent-to-rent, like we've explored before, service accommodation and HMO. Um, the types of tenants, landlords, location, property, what property is good and what property, you know, you might want to actually deal with. So it might be something that need might need to be done, might need to get done or property that's already nicely done. And then the house types of houses that you want to maybe um, deal with. So that is what we learned at the beginning and then after that we learned about business opening. so how to brand your business and how you can register it as a limited company and that's what we did we registered as a limited company and also onto that how to find tenants how to find the property what to how to build rapport with estate agents and then sealing the deal with agreements and legislation as Jonathan explained earlier um, in terms of being compliant to the rules and legality. So that's very important, having these agreements in place to basically cover your ass, you know.
1: Exactly. And having education also teaches you like the risks you can expect from doing a rent event or property in general, and also how to maximise your returns from property itself. So, for example, if you do a simple buy-to-let, it might take quite a long time to get your initial investment back even though you have recurring recurring rent every month, but how long does it take to get your initial investment back? That's a question some people should ask, but afterwards, if you do rent-to-rent, rent, you should always think about you might get the money back sooner, so that's a more viable way for us, because we put a lower amount of money, and then our returns come out faster, and we can maximize returns in that way. And there's also like different things we can do To the property itself, that can maximize our returns as well. Like we, like we.
0: (coughs) (coughs) That's that's great. Just added, just added everything.
1: Shut up! (laughs) I don't understand this, man. What? So, to become, to make something a HMO qualified product. What is he?
0: some requirements for HMO
1: yeah okay so for a property to be HMO you need to follow some certain requirements for example having fire doors and having uh, what else uh, fire alarms and being a lot of other things for uh, to be a suitable HMO mm. these things you learn through courses but you can also learn in other ways but just having the knowledge of doing things the right way Will have you like keep you in the right place at the right time?
0: Yeah, and it'll just put your foot into the door. To un, you know having that knowledge, you'll then feel confident. Okay, I can do it, and um, then just be active about it.
1: Yeah, and also certain areas you can't. Have, we're not allowed to have HMO in certain areas because of the amount of buildings, amount of houses in the area. Mm. So the local council or the government might seal up, seal off the area for new HMOs. So in that case, you need to find licensed HMOs in the area to work. Like if you want to find if you want to work at the HMO, you need to find a HMO with a license already signed to it. Mm. Otherwise, if you start to open up HMO in the area, then obviously the constant will come and knock on your door, knock on your door, <laughs> down, and then
0: that's it. You're done. You
1: might get arrested, you know. <laughs>
0: there we go, and then you'll be really. like, you're just so naive. Like I didn't know this. Well, that's why you need your education, don't you? But yeah, so we also learned about. Um, tenants and management. So having a USP, a unique selling point, such as having systems in place for it to be easy and transparent, um, communicating with each other. So communicating with the tenants and the tenants communicating with yourself, and maybe having a modern space that can be a, a USP to keep in mind. So all these things are really important to understand before you even start with a property business and before you even start doing anything, have knowing these things and knowing everything in place is just for you to have your foot in the door, as you say.
1: Yeah, and also we need to, going back to risks and stuff, we need to have like things and systems in place to minimize the risks. So for example, something, for example, maybe the boiler breaks down. So we need to assign different duties to different people. So imagine if a light bulb goes off, then obviously that's, that's my responsibility as a... If I take the... Pro, if I'm doing an interment with the property
0: mm.
1: and the light bulb goes off, that's my choice. That's my problem. But if the boiler breaks down, that's the, that's the land loss problem. So we need to write things things down in a, in a contract so they know who deals with what. So these are the way to minimize the risk for yourself and to know who's got the right role. And also if, like, for example, if the mortgage goes up, then... Our rent shouldn't go up because that's the mo- if the mortgage goes up, that's not our problem. That's the landlord's problem. So if if there's like a five-year agreement, and the mortgage goes up in the five years, that's something the landlord has to deal with, not us. So having contracts in place and having the compliance is very important to like to keep yeah to keep yourself safe definitely.
0: That and also to understand, to kind of prepare yourself um, for things when things go wrong. For example, in this instance, there's a pandemic, a global pandemic. So people that already had a property business during this time, having being prepared and to understand what could go wrong and what what things can be in place to help you is really important. It's having that kind of backup plan, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. So another way... Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? yes okay so another way to educate ourselves as jonathan earlier mentioned earlier um, is by podcasts and it's just simply having a podcast in the background can really help you understand the property business a bit more you listen to podcasts as you go to work don't you
1: yeah so i drive i drive around quite a lot so i listen to a podcast when i drive around obviously because i'm doing something mundane so i can always learn through listening to podcasts even if i pick up one piece of information at the end of it, that's quite a win for me. So, listening to podcast a lot. Of, there's a lot of podcasts right now with property people, like people who have property. They're doing podcasts, so you can listen and gain knowledge from that. And also, like there's places like Clubhouses as well. Mm. You can also learn a lot of things from Clubhouse and mm. meet a lot of people that way too.
0: Yeah, it's very good. We're networking. See, I mm. think podcast is just it's just you have to find a way to utilize your time well. Um, and maximize pro- productivity. So like Jonathan said, he utilizes his time by listening to podcasts as he's going to work. so he's killing two birds with one stone. The way I did it is sometimes obviously I listen to it after work and I used to listen to it during work so I would do maybe two podcasts if I'm doing something mundane like file reviews and stuff, things that I already know I don't really need to use my brain for much or I don't need to focus a lot on. I would listen to a few podcasts and I think at one point, I actually listened to, I binge listened to podcasts and crammed it into my head, which wasn't really sensible because then I had a a huge headache by the end of it. But then my brother did mention, you know, two is enough. Um, Don't have too much information into your head because you're also trying to work at the same time. So that was only one day and I realized that wasn't great. But after that, I've been doing just one or two. Um, And yeah, whenever I can, even just... If I'm just sitting down, chilling after work, I'll just put my, put a podcast on um, on my laptop on Spotify and just listen to it. It's just really, really, it's really helpful, really helpful. And sometimes I actually take notes of it. Did you know that?
1: Yes, I do as well.
0: You do? <laughs> yeah, I put it on my notes because like, if I listen to it on my phone, I then have my notes app open and I just type it all up. And then after that, I just copy and paste it onto my property notes because mm-hmm. it's so important. Like just there's so many things out there that I don't know. And when someone mentions that, you're like, "Oh," and it's like a light bulb moment. So you're like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't know that!" And it was—it's just really helpful for you to just have that in your head for when you're executing yourself and carrying out whatever you need to do in your business.
1: Yeah, and even some podcasts have guests on it as well. So having having that guest like speaking their knowledge as well, and you can also they also put the contacts. Or like socials of the guest, and you can also connect with them directly if you want. Mm. So that's like another person in your network. Mm. So podcasts, there's no nothing, nothing bad to say about podcasts because you gain, a, you gain a lot of knowledge and you gain more networking skills, like networking connections.
0: Yeah, and you also listen, like like you said, you can on. Un- when there's guests in podcasts you hear their experience and sometimes they talk about their failures not really failures but quote-unquote failures mistakes they've maybe made and um and how they've overcome it and they like all their backstories all of that stuff is just so eye-opening to hear and it makes you it pushes you in a sense like okay they've done it they've gone all through they've gone through all this hardship we can do it too Um, It gives you a bit of boost of confidence, doesn't it? So I feel like it's really important. And even I hope you guys are finding importance and inspiration through our podcast as well, to be honest. So, yeah. And another thing also, as you mentioned earlier with mentoring, um, that is very important to just push you to the right direction and to have somebody guide you as a mentor. So to actually understand what we are doing and why we think it's good is that it helps you with organization and also maximizing resources. Like I said, with podcasts, you can use other people's past experiences and mistakes to learn from. So having a mentor, they've actually, you know, done this. They've been there. They've done that and they can help you every step of the way. Do you think?
1: Yeah. You get more firsthand experience Mm. working with a mentor. And especially if they're, if they're in a place that you want to be in, obviously they have, if they're a mentor if they're like a good enough to be a mentor with a lot of mentees, that means they're an expert in the area and if that's the place you wanna be you wanna go to, then it's good to have a mentorship, even though sometimes the fee might be too high for you at the beginning. But spending money to gain more money is is that, that's more key that's more I think that's worth it, isn't it? It's
0: the best investment. It's basically an investment.
1: If, for example, if you if you're trying to save some money. That's not. It's not the best way because you have either spend the money and you make more money in the long term. So that's that's what I'm saying. Mm. Even big companies, they they're not profitable for maybe a couple of years, maybe two, three years. Like big big companies, like for example Tesla. Tesla was not profitable for many years. So easily either either they making a loss or they they're breaking even at best. But it took them a good few years to become profitable. So even with the big companies doing that, they're like a small people, we're like little two two different people in a little company. <laughs> so maybe maybe if it takes us a year to break even or even be to be pre- profitable, that's good for us because we gained a lot of knowledge and experience through through that time. So I would think having that little fee for mentorship is very is good value for me. It's worth
0: opinion. it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Definitely. And it helps us grow our business faster as well. Having someone to yeah, actually guide us every step the of the thing. way.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can also, any anyone can gain knowledge from anywhere. Mm. Anyone can become an all expert in anything. And the main thing is that you can, with knowledge, you can keep gaining knowledge. But there's no point if you don't put that knowledge to action. Yeah. It's so very important to do that well said yeah the important things to take action you can keep learning you can keep learning over and over again you can keep networking for a long time but unless you take the action there's no point in getting the knowledge that's what I would say
0: definitely so on
1: that note we'll conclude this week's podcast
0: yep see you next week
1: see you next week